Hello, and welcome to the 33rd annual award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh, look at my shoes. It's me, Patrick. That's that's me doing my 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 Serpico looking at his shoes and pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my patented. Now I understand. Now I get it. <laughs> my patented, my Patrick classic. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at my shoes. Yes, Serpico was just a just a sweet boy from Little Italy who you know worked. At, you know. Did, he could have been a cobbler, but yeah. instead he instead he was a you know whistleblower. But you know we'll get there, folks. We'll get there. <laughs> we got to talk about it though. This week, I know that last week we said coming up, Serpico or not Serpico, uh, Insider versus Scarface. Well, we got a patented Academy Academy swerve happening today. Swerve of the week. Swerve of the week. We had uh, some scheduling up and downs with our awesome guests but no need to worry folks because we got two bangers from 1973 to discuss today uh we got an awesome guest let's just bring him on uh co-founder of the ruby la randy thompson welcome to the academy hey welcome thank you welcome to me yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. thank you so much for uh (laughs) Thank you so much for dropping in, watching the film. So, so look- excited to be here and and to have watched a movie that I've never seen before. Ah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, before we dive in, though, I mean, I know that we're all dying to talk Serpico. We're dying to talk Scarecrow yeah. to early key, early Al Pacino performances. But uh, Randy, before we dive into that, you know, we got to know what's your Alto biography? <laughs> <laughs> The background with I, Al Pacino, early memories, perhaps a Halloween costume. I don't know. I, I, we've, we've talked a bit about that. I'm upset at how much I am tickled by autobiography. <laughs> I'm annoyed at myself, but good job. I like it a lot. Um, so here's the thing. I am an actor. I've been an actor for about two decades now, and I teach acting. And I know so little about Al Pacino as an actor. He's so good. But I, you know, I've seen the, I've seen the greats. I've seen the Godfathers. I've seen the uh, scent of a woman's sense of a woman. Um, The, when I was thinking, knowing that I was coming back on here and I was, or coming on here and I was thinking about what is the movie that I most associate with Al Pacino, the the first thing I think about is The Devil's Advocate, which Mm. I'm sorry to anyone who likes cinema, but that's my Al Pacino movie. I've seen it many times. I really like that movie. It's kind of a a favorite of the family. So, um, you know, he's he's a legend and that's that's the movie I'm thinking of. and Ocean's Thirteen, I've seen too. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, we, he's, just, he's also just made so many movies. Yes, yeah, and he continues to pretty actively as an eighty-one-year-old man work. God bless yeah. him. And oh a, yeah, and also uh, Devil's Advocate once again coming up. Once again, every week, you actually are not alone among our guests as being a real oh, Devil's Advocate God, head. That makes me feel better. Oh, that makes uh, me feel so good oh, because. Man. It's one of those movies that like you rewatch and it's so dumb and doesn't hold up at all. But like, I still just love it so much. 
It does it, rule. <laughs> it is a it is a goofy ass movie, but in the yeah. right ways, definitely. Yeah. I mean, but it is it's a movie that really seems to have um inspired the imaginations of an entire generation of people <laughs> who caught it too many times on TNT or something like that. Yeah. I remember Jenny came on a few weeks ago and just launched into his monologue unannounced oh at the God. end of the film. She had it down and, oh you know, and, the, and it just, it just down the line and we, you know, we love Kevin Lomax swamp attorney, Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh good. He's so good. So good. We saw um, Connie Nielsen who plays the devil's daughter. Uh-huh. Um, in Nobody the other day, the Bob mm-hmm. Odenkirk film, which was very fun, but we were laughing about the idea that the t- entire temptation is that uh, Al Pacino's like, you're going to dump your dumpy wife, 23-year-old Charlize Theron, for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I, I don't know. His casting was off there. She's, you know, gorgeous. The most beautiful woman in Florida. Yeah, but, you know. Oh well, <laughs> and also kind of crazy. So you know, mm-hmm. she just like they. I mean, the the way that that movie treats that character is just you know, oh, terrible, bonkers. terrible, bonkers <laughs> <laughs> film. We we talked about it a little bit, but it's like it has this entire thing. Like, there's like a real interesting story and arc happening yeah. with her character. Yeah, but it's probably too close to Rosemary's Baby. So every single time that they wrote it in the script, they were like pushing her forward. They're like, "No, we can't do too much Rosemary's Baby stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta go back to Keanu oh, and okay. whatever he's up to." Sure, we love what you did. Oh, that was yeah. such a. Oh, but we're gonna have to pull it back again. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> uh, got those Rosemary's Baby vibes. I'm yeah. sorry. I yeah. you know, every time it's been <laughs> <Every> done. Time. <laughs> oh boy, but uh, yeah, it's don't so don't feel bad about okay. being a devil's advocate that. a freak for devil's that. advocate because yeah. we all oh, yeah. are we are we've been no, um we also godfathers i will say too that's one of those movies that like i hadn't seen till i'm gonna say five years ago and i it was at a certain point it became a choice it became like the thing you know like i a, a little factoid about me is that i had never seen the godfather so i was willfully ignorant about mm-hmm. that but then um my wife and i when we were uh, she was pregnant and we went on like a like every single day we were watching two to three movies and we would just pick series that we you know felt like we should we should have all already seen and so we watched all of the godfathers um, back to back over the course of a couple of days and um, you know I mean goddamn that guy is just he, he was so young and so good and yeah. you know what do you say as a um, as an actor yourself uh, what uh, what kind of sticks out about what he does to you well, I I think mostly in younger when he was younger in in those earlier performances, what I respond to is he's just such a real person. You especially in you know the 70s, 60s, 70s, there's so many kind of like stylized performances happening in sometimes multiple stylized performances happening in the same movie where you'll have somebody who's speaking like super super um almost we, we would call it like standard American dialect when when I went to theater school where it was like very classic by the books speech and so everybody has this like extremely you know placed way of speaking controlled way of speaking that you saw like a lot earlier and I think a lot of the kind of movies of that era you still see that in some of the performances but then you you get people like him who are just 
existing as a human being. And I think that these days we're so much more kind of conditioned to that kind of performance. Like that's what we expect all the time from everybody that it doesn't, you know, in, in most films, that's what we, we see. Um, but to me, it's like that's that sticks out in a lot of those movies is that he is just very grounded, speaks like he's a real person, that those are his words, you know, that he's looking at his uh, scene partners and actually speaking to them and then listening for their responses. And they're like kind of these feel like very basic things. But like to me, I think like early on he was he was doing that when a lot of other people weren't. Yeah. And it's interesting how he's kind of flipped that on its head now. And he's so, yeah. so big and performative <laughs> yeah, right. at this point. Right. But I think it's interesting, too, is the fact that, like, because, like you were saying, everybody is gunning for as natural as possible yeah. that we end up like, I don't know, on our show, at least we talk a lot about like Nicolas Cage and we talk a sure. lot about late Pacino and like really enjoying it because they kind of stick out from the crowd in being weird and making right these kind of bold like unexpected and frankly un kind of unreal yeah. choices yeah <laughs> and so yeah it's interesting to see how he's kind of um we've been trying to kind of pinpoint the moment too as we've gone through his filmography when the, and it, it seems like it's the dick tracy sent of a woman right. era in which right. things started to shift yeah yeah but it <laughs> is interesting he has two different actors i mean you watch scarecrow or serpico versus yeah. even like i mean i love heat as we all know i've talked about it many times sure. i love scarface oh, yeah. i love you know even the de even the devil's advocate or something like that but um yeah. kind of his like yeah his like very like present quiet performance style for the most part he he does not raise his voice nearly as much in these earlier movies <laughs> he kind of like saves it a little bit more like when, when serpico gets pissed off it's like oh okay serpico like this isn't just a thing serpico's pissed because yeah he's in the moment yeah and it's all it's very earned i guess oh yeah no it's like uh and it's also what's interesting is i feel like these two movies have like a type of pacino that i don't think really exists like i think these are like the only two Pacino movies where you almost see like a wistful Pacino or like a, there's hmm. like almost like a it's almost like Jimmy Stewart-esque in Serpico in the very beginning. It feels like in, in the very, very beginning, like the first 20 minutes almost have like these weird like moments that would almost feel at home in a Frank Capra film. Not all of it, but oh, like, yeah. just like just like the part where he's in the shoe store or the part where he's in um, where he's like uh you know, learning the lay of the land as like this like wide-eyed boy, and I and there's something about like the way he like interacts with people like down in that where he's just like doing jokes and bits with his little mouse and all the little yeah. pets he has. That uh, I, I feel like it's like a type of Pacino that you really I don't think you see a Pacino that like loose and jokey ever again. I don't know. He's, uh, he's young. I think yeah. that that's might be the thing is that like he's, you know, he, um, if we, you know, as we've watched him, I mean, his looks, he hardened pr pretty fast. I don't know if he's like <laughs> heavy smoke or whatever, but, um, yeah. you know, by the time he got to Scarface, he, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's pretty like leathery. Yeah. He's yeah. wise. Very clearly look. like 40 year old man. Yeah. But like, if he, but we've talked about it before I me, mean, he total hunk in like oh, the early totally. Godfather oh, yeah. or the, or these, like he's a, you know, you know, 
beautiful, beautiful boy. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but until Eddie became a um, angry man. I don't yeah. know how those things went yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, it, interesting. Really interesting point about the Frank Capra connection to Serpico. It's like, because if this was Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which is essentially the same thing about this, like the most morally sound man alive yeah. goes up against the system, but it, everyone loves him for it. Right. In Mr. Smith and Serpico gets shot in the face and has to move to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> like we're listening to the pitch for Serpico right now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, but what if it ended terribly and Serpico was just jaded at the end of it? <laughs> what do you what do you think? I don't think it's gonna become a beloved Christmas classic. <laughs> to see a version of, of uh, mr smith goes to washington where like the the mob shoots Jimmy. yeah Smith. see i think that i think if they did if they did a remake it i think pacino could ac- absolutely play the claude reigns part of the kind of corrupt other senator who's trying to stop oh, yeah i think pacino mm. would be absolutely amazing doing that like yeah. right uh, right right down his alley hopefully al's listening maybe we're giving him ideas I, I love the idea that Al Pacino has like heard about our show and he's sitting, he's like one of our handful of listeners is Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, one of our 17. It's like, yeah, my mom, your mom, right. Al Pacino. Al. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's got a Google alert set up for his name. <laughs> Anything that comes up. These two ding dongs are doing a podcast yeah. about him. Oh, another, another Jack and Jill meme. Great. <laughs> But, you know, we know he's listening, uh, but Patrick, as you know, Sal Pacino is not listening. No, or David. David Pacino is not listening, or any of the other Pacinos, just Al. Oh, my God. I found, out the- that, I found out that Al's dad was named Sal Pacino. Really? Why did yeah. I feel like I actually knew this, and I don't remember why, and I'm frustrated. Because but- a um, little up to uh, Tarantino was on uh, Marin today, and he was talking yeah. about his birth father and he said that his birth father was has apparently made a bunch of movies in the 90s to kind of um work off of the tarantino name and his co-star was sal pacino al's estranged father (laughs) you know so it's like a sort of what a uh Uh, you know i i mean i'm a huge i'm obviously a huge fan of brothers of big stars Oh, yeah. movies. I mean, we're sure. talking obviously the king of them all, Frank Stallone. But oh, I um, you were going to say Randy Quaid, but okay. Well, Randy Quaid was nominated for an Oscar at least <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before he went off the off the trails. Right. Right. Yeah, but, I think he's like in Canada right now. Um, Steve McQueen's son, Chad McQueen, um, Christopher Mitchum, Robert Mitchum's kid, yeah. um, Joey Travolta. John Travolta's brother. Um, there, oh, there's, oh uh, Jeffrey Hemsworth has a movie. Don Swayze, like legitimate star. Don, uh, Patrick Swayze's oh, yeah. brother, yeah. who's like a mousier version of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, I think the King. I would argue that the King is the late Chris Penn. Oh, but he was he's fun. He's real. Though. He's real. He's an actual yeah. real one. He yeah. got to he. Kevin Bacon taught him how to dance and Footloose. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. He's he's one of my favorite parts of uh, Reservoir Dogs too. The more I watch. Every time I watch Reservoir Dogs, I like Next Guy Eddie even more. I just keep thinking about, don't point that gun at my dad. 
<laughs> I, I brought it up during all the entire time Trump was in office. I could just picture his kids saying the exact same thing. Oh. <laughs> just a bunch of Chris Pens. Yeah, no, just like. <laughs> well, you, you know, Chris Penn is kind of Lawrence Tierney's large adult son in uh, Reservoir Dogs. So, but. Oh, we got, we got a little off the rails there. Celebrity siblings. Celebrity siblings. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of celebrity siblings. I'm a fan of straight-to-video action movies starring celebrity siblings. You know, good to me. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We should probably just move in, start talking about these movies. We've teased okay. a little bit how much we wanted to talk about Serpico. So we're going to... but. We're opening with Scarecrow. <laughs> um, 1973. Here are the stats. Directed by Jerry Schatzberg. Written by Gary Michael White. Um, co-starring the great Gene Hackman, Eileen Brennan, Dorothy Tristan, Penelope Allen, and many other just interesting faces throughout the mix. Uh, made $4 million at the box office. I do not have the budgetary information on this film. Uh, it... At the 1973 Cannes Film Festival, it um, it actually won, it tied for best film, uh, but it was a absolute bomb at the U.S. box office. Uh, Gene Hackman and Al Pacino did not get along particularly well on set, and uh, despite the fact Pacino had already worked with Schatzberg on Panic in Needle Park, their relationship was also strained. Um, the film has a 75 percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think, I mean, um, Randy, you've kind of alluded to it. This, this, this was this the first, this was a first watch for you. This is a first watch for me. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like you uh, felt a little negative about the film. Well, I'd never heard of it. So I was, you know, surprised at the star power involved. Um, I, my stepdad and I watched it and uh, it's, he's a big old movie fan. And we, I think we both, responded a lot to the top half of the movie and then it takes a hard hard turn and gets real real dark and <laughs> it was uh you know it was a it's like it was made for a rough sunday night <laughs> yeah um, I, I was gonna text you patrick i was like i've seen this movie a bunch of times and, but i every time i'm like boy that last 15 minutes is it's rough man yeah <laughs> it's really bad it is like really uh and it's yeah it's definitely like one of those things too where like um yeah there's like no sugar coating and it is just entire incredibly it's like bleak beyond bleak and it doesn't have like the benefit of being like i don't know the godfather part two where like you have those bleak moments but like the godfather part two is still like this epic piece of work that you're witnessing I, yeah. I don't know it can be it can be it's like it's like scar it's there's it's it's tough when it's just a movie about like the, a sad sack that like his whole arc is just like slowly getting ruined by this like bore of a man <laughs> like, <laughs> right yeah which we described i was talking to don we described it, yeah it is like i think don was the one who texted me this yeah we uh, it's it is just like realistic shrek this is like what shrek would have been like if uh if like donkey and shrek went on a quest like donkey would have ended up catatonic uh, yeah i just want to see i just want to see eddie murphy's scarecrow now that's all yeah. i want to see mike myers yeah, and eddie murphy and no make no makeup 
no weird costumes, <laughs> oh, no fat God. suits, none of it. No. Just no. Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy <laughs> <laughs> on the Mike road Ray together. Mike Myers, on does, the wall. <laughs> Mike Myers does have to have a Scottish accent, though. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's just obvious. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this is the movie business we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, sorry, I just oh, go what, ahead. what leaped out leapt out to me about this movie was that Al Pacino is cast as this uh, jokester who his whole kind of thing, like his his central kind of thrust, is somebody who needs to make other people laugh to survive, and he. I will say I don't find him to be a super funny person. No. And so a lot of these, um, you know, we've all known guys like that, or, you know, I, I've known guys like that who it's just like they have a need. It, I mean, we've all done improv. We, yeah. all, we all, <laughs> all probably are that guy. But, yeah. like, they, you need to to make somebody laugh to, like, you know, you drink it up. That's your, your shit. And I just, like, you watch him in this movie, and it's like you don't seem to be having that much fun doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it. when we were watching it, my wife, cause we were, um, I mean, obviously I think the showstopper scene of the film is the phone, another phone call from Al Pacino yeah. to his estranged wife. And we were just kind of like brainstorming, like, okay, so what did he leave her? How did like, it's like, there was all this happened off screen and like, He's doing this humor thing, which I agree is like very oddly forced yeah. is how he's doing it. So there's got to be some like some massive level of like trauma or pre-existing issues that we never are even privy to that. he When we meet him, just like sneak up out of those bushes at the front of the at yeah. the front of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. so it's very interesting because like the first time I think when I don't know if you felt this way, Patrick, it was like. I, I think it's maybe just because we like Al Pacino. Yeah. Like you're kind of like on that phone call scene on his side and like, man, yeah. you're being like mean as hell to him. Yeah. But then this time around, I was definitely like, oh, she's got a lot of reason for this. And I don't know. <laughs> and they, they, it's, they're never going to explain what the reason is why she's so mean. Cause it's like, you think I want to be the banana King's wife? Not want to be the banana King's wife. Yeah. yeah this sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. I think he's a bad, I think something, I think he fucked up. Yeah. Time. And I think, oh, sure. and I think part of it too, is that his character is so willing to just go along. Like it is like a movie where like, I would love to have like, I'm usually not like a prequel or a sequel guy, but I would like to like see the origin of how the hell Al Pacino just ended up in that like tree or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that bu- like, was he up in the tree initially? That he is- like, well, he like comes out of the bushes uh, like a ghost or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like some sort of spirit. That's how well, it's like he's going to come out of the to teach Gene Hackman to lighten up and exactly. fail completely at right. it. <laughs> he is his Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All, it, he, all he leaves Gene with is like slapping his boot on a bus stop right. counter. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, it's weird. For some reason, I don't know what the deal was, but for some reason, the movie did like go down smoother for me this time around. Huh. I don't know if like I was in, like, I think part of it is like I, uh, I read the entire like berserk manga. Uh, it's just like this very violent fantasy manga with like 350 chapters, and I read it in like five days. And so I think I watched this immediately after reading this crazy manga, and just this not being like a violent. 
the the fact that this wasn't a, a, a violent fantasy thing like helped me maybe swallow it better. Like the fact that this wasn't like ultra violent or right. I mean this this does have violence, well, don't get me the, wrong. But the, the violence prison rape was the not violence of this is like the violence of this might not be over the top gory, but it is like it is like, definitely horrible. Yes. Yeah. Although I mean, like I do love like Gene Hackman uh that one scene is still very good to where like he just like totally uh you know it's like the movie where he kind of changes a little bit, where he does something for for someone other than himself for once. Although it's like a little too little, too late. Maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it, it, but I, I the violence that he does toward Al's attempted assaulter is very, very satisfying. See, it's, Gene, it's, Gene it's beat him up. That, yeah, yeah, it was nice to see that person. Oh, uh, who is that actor? Because I want to. Uh, Richard Lynch. He's right. great. Yeah, he's, he's great. I mean, bad guy, but he was great in the part like you yeah. know you could you could see it a mile away it's like, yeah second yeah. he's like you could be my assistant director like oh al oh god stay away stay stay away, stay, stay yeah, away from stay this away. guy when oh, you guys first like... day at the prison farm and then the guy's like suddenly being nice like oh god dude and gene so gene's right there gene, gene knows yeah. Yeah. he was in quentin for six yeah. years yeah well well, G- well gene's like they even like allude to it in the beginning we're like you know uh the whole like uh uh like what were you doing in prison for six years like they have like a little conversation about it and gene's <laughs> like very like i don't want to talk about this yeah that's like, true oh, as yeah, well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess that that is kind of a theme that's running rapid throughout this movie is kind of the men's relationship to women versus men's relationship with each other too. Mm-hmm. It's very everyone, no one can handle relationship across the board at all. Like, and even like the women, they, they you know, I love this scene. I loved our hang with uh, Cooley and uh, Frenchie. I love that. Uh, yeah, Frenchie. I think yeah. that's, and I love the stuff like Frenchie throwing herself. Oh at Hackman, God. just yeah. and you know, oh, it's just grim. It's, it's, it's very grim. <laughs> it's yeah. Very grim, and like the way that like oh. everyone. I think I said this the last time we talked about it, but just like I think for me, like one of the grimmest parts of this whole movie is the way that like uh, they eat, like they watch like Gene Hackman eat uh, fried chicken, KFC, like a huge troll. Yeah, it's he's awesome like, though. He's got fucking meat. Oh, on like no, his cheeks he, it's yeah he, he eats it like this like yeah he's like a freaking like visigoth and like he's burping and everyone has to laugh and act like it's normal because they're afraid of like of gene doing something crazy getting like hit yeah. because he's looking for I, but it's interesting you brought up patrick kind of about the like kind of moment the breaking point occurs it might even be before that when like gene takes Al is trying to have a great cha-cha line and jump in, jump through fire where, you know, and really promote the car wash and Hackman, like that shit was over with that guy. And he gets in his face on the way out of the bar. He's like, okay, let's go outside. And then yeah. he punches the cop and then he blames Al for it. Yeah. I'm going to jail. And it's like, Al, Al, all he was doing was having a great time. I know. I'm so <laughs> glad they wrote the line for him to say, well, you, you hit the cop. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all sitting there being like, you hit the cop, dude. Like, I'm sorry. I frankly, I don't know what Al Pacino's character did to get picked up. That's a great I, just be with you. That crossed my mind, too. It's like, how is he in for a month? too? he didn't punch anybody. <laughs> right. He was trying. And I was watching in the wide shot. Yeah. To see if Al, but Al was trying to break up no. the fight. 
And he like at one yeah. point, like gets away from the melee. Like the cops are like away, and he's just like moving away from the crowd. <laughs> he's just like, I don't want any part of this. I will cooperate, officer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It was him. It nope. was Gene Hackman. Thirty days, you. <laughs> yeah. Big shit. Nope. Go. Middle school rules. If you were involved in any way, you're going That's to jail. True. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I think one thing I noticed this time around was there's this feeling of like, okay. When they were trying to put this story, I mean, yeah, I to speak for the screenwriter or anything like that, but they were trying to put this story together and they kind of had like, they knew kind of the arc that they wanted to do and they wanted to like break Al Pacino's character, but kind of like the beats that they used to get there are a little like, they kind of rub up against each other, like sandpaper a little bit, like the way like, okay, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like why does he has to go to jail because he has to nearly be assaulted to really like break him down and gene has to kind of abandon him right but it's like he would never the character would never punch a cop right or so like how like okay that's convenient that you kind of have to send him to jail and then it's like also like the scene where gene dan does the striptease in the restaurant and al right. has to move from being like oh wait al doesn't he's not having fun anymore you know and that kind of thing and it's just they're making these leaps that they know they have to make story wise to accomplish what they want to accomplish yeah. in their minimal story, frankly, right. um, which I don't care. I love minimalism in films, but I think um, it is they rub against each other. Not perfectly. That might be maybe to some people in, I think I probably would be willing to argue too, that there's a charm in a way to that in the imperfection, but it is, there are kind of leaps you have to take for them for the story sure sure I, I did i did want to point out real quick though and they'll hopefully maybe give you the the um i think a secret all-star patrick to our entire season has been penelope allen yeah she's really good like i mean the fact this is the third time we've seen her we've see, actually seen her because she's been in winter she's she's only been in winners as far too she's yep. the she's the head teller in dog day afternoon uh-huh. As well, she plays his front lion's wife in this, and she has a pretty, pretty excellent work in uh, Looking for Richard. Yeah, it was which not movie. not not everyone comes out of Looking for Richard <laughs> looking great, yeah. but um, <laughs> but she does. You know, no, she's she a, pro. Yeah, she's she's a pro. I are they like? I feel like Al Pacino and Penelope Allen must have been like friends in real life. She's married to one of his like best acting buddies. Oh. And they all kind of part come out of that kind of um, that you know '60s New York theater scene. Sure. Like Dog Day in particular is every single person who has a speaking role, like Al vetted as people he had done uh, theater with or whatever yeah. before. But and it shows because everyone. I mean, we obviously, you know, we've mentioned Dog Day appears to be the front runner in this entire tournament, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, the way they work together is like, a you know, really finely tuned company, like a theater company or even heaven forbid an improv team. Yep. (laughs) Finely tuned improv team. Finely tuned (laughs) improv team. I've heard they're good. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Just joking. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, Patrick, you, you were saying that you felt a little bit different about the movie this time around. What, what struck you, uh, second time through I think I don't know I think it was just like uh, it's weird that I liked it as much as I did because horrible stuff happens in this movie and I'm not saying this is like a movie that's like one of the best films we've on our bracket even 
but I think it is just like um, I think that like Gene Hackman and Al Pacino are very charismatic actors, mm-hmm. and I think that this is like a very rare uh, type of Pacino we're seeing. This very young, uh, like goofy Pacino. Like that, you and I think you literally only get this type of Pacino in like Serpico and Scarecrow. Like I think these two, like he, like the energy he has in this movie, I would argue he has in at least the beginning of Serpico. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as he loses all his hair and whatnot. Um, but uh, or pre beard, uh, pre Garciafication. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> where he was bitten by a wear Grateful Dead guitarist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, uh, I just, I think, like, um, there's something about seeing a guy do these sad bits that was, like, I think, like, the sadness of it, uh, something, I don't know, it just, like, it, 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 it grew on me in a way that, like, uh, other movies haven't grown on me in previous uh, episodes. Well, I think the other thing, too, to bring it up about him not being funny is that no one ever laughs. No, right. either. Like right. he doesn't get any level of re- like Tackman. It's like okay, man. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Although he does like he does. I'm gonna put on another sweater. Yeah. Uh, oh, so God. filthy, all those sweaters too. <laughs> oh, what an insane! That's the thing too is these characters are so crazy. Yeah. Like it does feel like an acting exercise where like it felt like Al Pacino and Gene Hagman got to create these characters right. that are just like insane, and they have the, all the backstory for these characters and. We yeah. don't get anything, and so you get you just have to like guess like why the fuck are these two dudes hanging out with each other? Like, what right. is the origin of this man and his fifty shirts? Like, why yeah. does he feel the need to wear fifty shirts? He can't like, get uh, warm. Well, they they warm. they apparently as a team went out on the streets of San Francisco, dressed dressed down and went looking for begging for money and yeah. kind of tried to ride the rails together and, yeah. and then, then they found out they didn't really like each other <laughs> but, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> yeah, which is totally fair but I, yeah i think it but i think you you both are right they're like it's these two guys who are kind of at the peak of their like energy as like i'm an actor's actor yeah. and yeah. they're doing everything like i mean and and you know i mean because hackman is at the same level in his mm-hmm. own right as pacino right. like I, and i i think yeah, I think the one the one thing that in this in the sake of this tournament is just Hackman has got the bigger part. It's just he's he he's the he's kind of the moving force mm-hmm. of the yeah. film to me. Oh, totally. And but it is interesting to see Al Pacino play the beta. For like, sure. Oh yeah. Which is a rarity. I mean, you know, we're talking devil's advocate earlier, talking heat or whatever. It's like this is a guy who storms into a room and throws chairs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's it is pretty interesting to see him. I would you know kind of would have been neat to see him do more. Yeah, I I, I kind of like watching both these movies so close to each other. I kind of like realized this might be like my favorite mode of Pacino. Uh, just like this little like, and I wish that like it's tough though because maybe it is just like he was young and like this was how he was when he was young. Maybe you couldn't recreate it in your maybe it would come up very odd in like your forties and fifties emo Phillips esque <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Like yeah, you can't probably. Although oh man, I say emo Phillips and this isn't. I think uh, Al Pacino would make a hell of a Pee Wee Herman. Lord. I would love to see. Al pa- I would love to see Al Pacino. Was, I, <laughs> like eighty-one-year-old yeah. Al Pacino as Pee Wee Herman. I mean, why not? Or like the father, like 
like, is that Watch a Pee-wee? It. Bro- broken Pee-wee? Is that what it means? Yeah, oh, I mean, God. a broken Pee-wee. A Donnie Brasco-esque Pee-wee. <laughs> he comes up, he finds, like, the his bike tires have been slashed <laughs> and just goes from there. Uh, uh, the chair has like a uh, little uh, um, the chair has little uh, springs popping out of it. And right. It's just like, <laughs> upholster me please, right. God! <laughs> God, I mean, please! Like, but if you think about it though, it's like, look at it, but you know, like, Scarecrow was the first movie he did after The Godfather. Wow. Then he followed it up with Serpico, The Godfather Part 2, Dog Day Afternoon. Jesus all in a row Christ. and so yeah. it's like and you know you're nominated for best actor for all of them yeah. <laughs> and it's got to change your approach you know yeah, you can't just sure. go in and just be like a you know i because i think he was still thinking of himself as like this like theatery character actor yeah. when he did scarecrow but by the time he got through dog day it's like no i'm this a big fucking movie star yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. and what yeah a run I mean, that's insane <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then of course that was all like. So just to put in perspective, Panic in Needle Park put came out in seventy one, Dog Day Afternoon came out in seventy five, and all of that happened between those those movies. Like, I don't know if there there are very few actors who have like a run of that many. Like, you know, Stone Cold either like all out classics like the Godfather films or dog day, or even like, you know, kind of fascinating curios like panic or scarecrow at the very least. Like they're interesting movies that, you know, I think I I, I like scarecrow a lot. I I think this time around I was a little, it wasn't my favorite time that I've seen it. This, I don't know. It's like, that's the beauty of movies. Like I think it was Joe Dante says on his podcast. It's like movies don't change. You do. Right. So every time you see it, you know, the state you're in, what's happened in your life. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think like even Patrick, I think the last time we watched Scarecrow was before the baby was born. Oh, yeah. And now so the weird. baby's been born and I'm like <laughs> yeah. trying to like fit Scarecrow in between feedings <laughs> and stuff like that. That's like a big, that's a really big, yeah. does change it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's sure. kind of, and I mean, like it's obviously, I mean, Scarecrow, I guess, has a, certainly has some very, very bleak aspects yeah. of that fatherhood to it but i don't think that that sure. was what struck me i just think it was kind of like oh you're just kind of just seeing things differently and kind of yeah. i don't know it could be well, totally and, subconscious even and knowing where it goes to I'm, I'm curious the next time i watch it now because my my the going into it it's like the opening scene it feels like waiting for godot it's just so kind of like out there and crazy and you have no idea what this is going to be <laughs> i read the like you know basically the like little kind of blurb about it and it was you know, I understood, okay, there's a sailor and a hobo who are having adventures together. And it's like the whole tone of the first, you know, I 40 minutes of the movie feels kind of like it's a little silly. It's, you know, it's going to be like a kind of more of like a romp. And it, yeah. you know, I, I didn't really think that it was going to be like straight comedy, but I felt like definitely like a lighthearted vibe to it. So then the, as it starts to dip down and down and down, it just like, you know, it, it was it it was definitely a shock. And so knowing next time, knowing kind of where it ends up, I'm interested in seeing if it changes how I feel about it overall. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to hear what you said. I, I think that that's uh, that is such a yeah interesting thing when you kind of do know when is you're when you're in a mystery. And then plus, like, I think the cool thing about Scarecrow and a lot of these 70s movies is like catching up with the rhythm to it because yeah, all of them totally. have like um, 
unique rhythm. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to like, okay, so how's this movie going to work? Okay. Yeah. Now I'm seeing kind of the order, how things are going. And right. it's cool to discover that. But then once you know it, it's like, okay, now I can get in and check out a few more of the details and not yeah. be as like on the edge of my seat. Like, what is this? What's happening? Right. Well, and now we're just, I mean, I'm not a screenwriter, but I, I understand basic narrative structure. And so it's like, we are so kind of, conditioned to expect certain things like here's this opening and then this is the conflict and this is what you know it's like you're under kind of expecting oh this is this part of this movie and you know with with movies of this era especially it's just like anything goes yeah it, the whole movie could have just been them on opposite sides of the road waiting for a car to come yeah. and that interaction like literally i would have watched that for yeah that would have been thrilling oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. expect that that could be a movie made in 73 that that's all it is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there absolutely. Is like a, yeah, there is like a part of me too. Yeah, like if this almost like um, yeah, this I feel like maybe this movie would have benefited from like yeah, instead of taking that like dramatic left turn uh, to prison, if they had done almost like a just like a fat city esque thing where you're just dealing with these schmucks in this like rundown town, uh, yeah. trying to open yeah. up a, a you know and have the crux of it be that like uh, you know uh, br trying to open up that like car wash that will never open because i think here's my take i think you could even have like i don't think you need like the prison although i like some of the prisons like don't get me wrong i'm not saying like because richard lynch wrench is great and that, and that part is like you know brutal in a way that's interesting but uh but like i think you could still do like the phone call and even like there's almost a part of me that thinks it would be more brutal if somehow against all the fucking odds they got like the car wash open and she still like, it's like, you know, is like, fuck you. I'm with banana man. You yeah. know, eat shit. Um, I don't know. It's also hard. Like the beauty and kind of the poetry of like the slow shot going over to the lamp mm -hmm. that yeah. after he's left it on the car, after the yeah. entire damn movie about knowing about the lamp, you're just yeah. like, Oh shit. Like yeah. that's like the entire feeling. It's just like, Oh, this is not, Oh, he's not, he's not no. in good shape. Yeah, it's, no. it's, it's it's good that's really well, good can stuff basically <laughs> chart his character's descent by like the condition of that box like it just starts out so beautiful in spite of everything and then like the end of the movie it just is like covered in shit and just yeah. like ah, oh, it's so, so sad broken yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing i wanted to bring up too is um and i really i i like it as kind of like an individual thing mm -hmm. but the score to the movie like makes it does make it feel like is this gonna be like Bush Cassidy and Sundance and these are just yeah. two, two goofballs on an adventure right. on the road together and getting into hijinks and um you know that's not the way it goes at all and, yeah. and it co even comes up like you know I have it on DVD so I want the DVD menu screens that you know that kind of like bouncy and you're like oh man I don't think this is this movie though yeah well it's like and by the end like he's it's what's the the most brutal thing uh, that I think like almost like I th like the one of the most brutal things is like his like hijinks like the thing that like has protected him through all this time ultimately turns against him when he does like his crazy like I'm a pirate or whatever right. like like his chicanery uh, when used in a situation that's not like you know trying to diffuse tension in a in a seedy bar like yeah <laughs> it really goes south and right 
Yeah, it's just uh, man. Yeah, oh, the, well, the, the quick dial for from boyish weirdness to oh, um, oh, totally disturbing to, to manic disturbing behavior. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and like I I have kids. I have two two toddlers, and we you know we go to the park all the time. And I'm sitting there from the get go watching that scene with just like a knot in my stomach. It's just like these two dudes just like hanging out with all these kids, and like you you cut like five minutes into the mom sitting over there just like side-eyeing them but like letting it happen it's just like first of all what's going on like why isn't anybody monitoring any of these kids with these two dudes and then he gets in the water and it's like obviously that's when the movie wants us to be like oh no things are going bad it's like i've been there man i have been uh i've been worried about these kids from the time that we saw these kids and then my favorite is that you see when he finally gets the little boy away from him the kid like swings towards camera and he's just got this giant smile on his face because he's just like <laughs> clearly they're not gonna like freak out yeah. this like kid actor but like <laughs> this movie for me was all about like i'm we, i know we're not going to talk about like the whole movie as a set but like every scene features like an amazing extra just staring directly at the camera <laughs> and like that the scene in the diner when they first meet and there's that guy where he's like gene ackman's like oh you got nothing better to do than listen to conversations for like 20 minutes he's just staring directly at camera beforehand <laughs> i'm like convinced this is not <laughs> they haven't closed this diner at all they're just shooting you know like with with regular people yeah, i think that oh, i think that was the goal yeah. And obviously, you know, the results vary. Yeah, but, uh, worse. Oh, I have to say my before we move on, I got to say yeah. my favorite line in the whole movie, which was said in the, like the first five minutes when like Al Pacino and Gene Hackman are like waiting for cars or whatever for like a ride. And one of the cars drives by and Al Pacino says, eat cantaloupe, you belly aching rhinoceros. <laughs> what an insane line. Was, that had to have been ad-libbed. <laughs> a normal human man wrote that. I know. L- Lion is a, yeah, he is, uh, I don't, you know, who knows if it's going to move on, but I think it's just every time I watch him, he's like, Boy, there is really something up with this character that they're not giving yeah. all of him to us, but it's oh, enough to yeah. be, you know, Al super watchable, and it's very intrig. All of it's like very intriguing and oh, for sure. interesting yeah. to see what he's doing. And I think, yeah, I'm with Patrick. I think this is a very um, singular Al Pacino performance in his yeah. in his career, and I think he's excellent in the film. Um, I did, did. I did read this was his favorite script that he ever read. Mm-hmm. He said. Wow. Um, which oh and that's that's the when my brain stopped earlier i was thinking about there are so many moments in this script that are just kind of offered and then never explained and i do i i do also really love that in in movies especially of this era but like um the why the money is ever in pittsburgh what what is about pittsburgh like all there's all of these things that like the they sometimes question in the script like the the characters sometimes bring it up and talk about it but then it isn't ever fully resolved mm-hmm. which i do i do find super interesting and i think that like there's a lot about his character al pacino's character too that that's like that like we know he's at sea we know that he left his wife i assumed that he was in the navy but i don't know that that's ever i don't know that he ever says he's in the navy i think he says i, he, I he think was I, on a ship. Mercia marine Okay. Uh, maybe I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Like it's it's a little unclear because I had it in mind briefly too that like oh was he in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and that might be an issue here. But it's that's never really like because I mean that hangs over every movie of the yeah. 1970s with a male character sure. of a certain age. Like that's just kind of the you know the go-to. Yeah. It is the era. It is kind of the 
you know, what affected uh, men, men and, and again, all people of that age, certainly. So I don't know, but yeah. you're right. Like even stuff with uh, Gene and his sister, Right. They've got a strange relationship and he makes it sound like they're on the road together, but now she's here, you know, she's happy to see him, but it's like, I don't know, you know, there's, it's, in, it's kind of all it's, it, there's a lot that's unspoken, which yeah. I think is, I think it's can be frustrating, just, but at the same time, I think pretty kind of mystifying and intriguing. Yeah. Too. I think, yeah, there was something about it this time. Cause I think, um, yeah, I could definitely see this. Uh, it really depends on your mindset or whatever, because I could definitely go into this watching it and like craving at least a little more context. But there was something I kind of like. Yeah, like the mystique of Al Pacino's character. Like, yeah, like you know, there is like a horrible something really bad happened to this fragile man, <laughs> and it's like what led him in this crazy situation where he's like pretending like he's on the phone like what was it was he out with a shoe with the phone or like or was he just using his hand what was that little bit like the phone bit at the beginning yeah mm-hmm. yeah just his hand just his hand he was just doing yeah. a classic hand bit right. uh but it was at like the end is... to try and cheer him up oh yeah, yeah. teen hackman oh man what a bummer <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer <laughs> um, <laughs> on that note on a, but did anyone uh <laughs> you know randy or patrick any final thoughts on scarecrow before we move on i i mean i just i think we've said i i do like young pacino so much i just like he's eminently watchable um and and does a lot in moments where like I don't know. This is like such a huge character. And we've talked about like he's kind of clowny and he's got all these bits and stuff. But like he does a ton in little lines where he's not really actually doing anything. There's but there's still still just so much going on with him. You know, it's like you see him thinking, you see him uh, you see him living like a real person, which is great. Yeah, he's I mean, he's fully, fully embodies the character. Yeah. Um, So moving on to later on in 1973. Serpico, directed by Sidney Lumet, screenplay by Waldo Salt and Norman Wexler, based upon the book Serpico by Peter Moss. And if you listeners, an update, I'm not much further in the book than I was the last time we talked about it. I apologize. <laughs> it's hard to read a book with a two month old. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he had a huge uh, life problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, the film budgeted at $3.3 million made. 23.4 million to 29.8 million. We're not quite sure, but it's good. That's not bad if you're doing the math. Um, co starring, uh, you know, another classic Pacino, just a rogues gallery of New York faces and actors and that kind of thing. He, um, the film received, let's see here, it's, I don't know, I'm looking for it. It's got a 90% fresh rating from rotten tomatoes uh website remarked pacino's ferocious performance Hmm. the film was nominated for two academy awards surprisingly only two best adapted screenplay and of course best actor Mm -hmm. al pacino serpico um randy had you seen serpico before I ha- I'd seen it in college. I think that was probably the last time. So it's it's been you know it's been a couple decades. But uh, man, what a what a movie! Yeah, 
yeah this this time around for me um boy it, it really blew me away and just kind of um again his kind of fierce committed the way the performance shifts like you guys are saying like you know, he starts off as uh you know frank from the block right at the top of the movie you know just right. like playing with the kids in the fire hydrant yeah. and picking up shoes at his dad's shop to um packing extra guns and taking <laughs> out his fellow cops <laughs> in the office oh, and losing his interchangeable girlfriends and just um yeah, yeah. losing <laughs> his, like his eyesight in one eye yeah, yeah. Jesus. God, it, man I mean, and obviously, like it's um, it it feel unfortunately, I guess, due to kind of the continued current social and political situation in the United States, the movie still feels very present and um, oh, yeah. like unfortunately, very like current in a stra- yeah. in a strange way, um, or not strange way, but sad way, I guess would be the appropriate word to use there. But um, boy, yeah, it played like gangbusters for me this time around. Like I just, I was knocked out. Like it's, it's really fucking good folks. If you haven't watched it, (laughs) Patrick, uh, how'd you feel second time through? Uh, It was, I think like, just like watching it. um, I watched like the first half of it last night. And then the second half this morning. And it is crazy. I feel like, or rather I will say like the first like quarter or third. And I think like, I really, it really hit home, like, the the juxtaposition between the first part of the movie and the mid-latter half of the movie, where, like, like this job, like, totally destroys this person's life and, like, ruins, and it's, it's like, almost like a, uh, I don't know, it was, like, this thing where, like, you see this guy come in, uh, you know, wide-eyed, and, like, you know, he had, like, uh, kind of, like, these... <laughs> He had like like a code, some sort of code of honor, and it seems like uh, if you go, in, it seems like the moral of the story is like if you go into an institution, uh, a corrupt institution with a, a with a with a set code of honor, uh, you will get your life shot ruined. In, and shot in to, the face. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you have to you have to move to like a different country. Right. It was truly, it was very disheartening. At the very least, though, you'll have a beautiful sheepdog. As a companion. Oh, oh that yeah. is true. Oh man, that's true. What a great dog! Yeah. One of the great dogs we've seen. <laughs> you know, would you Would you agree, Patrick? One of the great dogs of the oh, Academy Academy. Best dog, I'd say. Yeah, number <laughs> number, number two dog. Poor puppy that gets that, that walks off the boat. The boat. Oh panic shit! And panic, uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, they're like, we're gonna go get a dog. It's like. Oh, I've seen movies before. I this know. Dog, uh, this yeah. dog's in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, the dog. Yeah, the dog is not going to do well in Needle Park. This is not a good. Uh, this is not a good option. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, Needle Park is uh, not a dog park. But I was yeah, hung up on in this movie when he gets the dog, he goes over to the box and he's, you know, he's like, which one of you wants to come home with me? One dog barks and then he picks up the one next to it, which is clearly mm. like. The puppy that was the acting puppy. <laughs> the one that was like, trained. Yeah, just yep. no regard for, for that dog's choice. And she definitely shows, like, I was there, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I would have needed my wife there with me because I would have said, all of them. I'll take all of them. 
five bucks? Okay. Yeah. If, uh, I have 30. Here. <laughs> oh, man. Get a house with six 150 pound sheep dogs <laughs> shedding everywhere. Just like, just dog shit everywhere. I'm a sheep dog guy. Come on. Oh, uh, man. He had so many pets. It's very, it's very good. Yeah, like, yeah. When, he, when the bird shows oh, up, it's. Yeah. Between his pants and his hats, he's yep. got a he's everything's happening uh, for Sarah. His first day of work outfits are really the the star of that movie. Yeah, every single one is new and unique and just a whole mood. If it were a comedy, and when he shows up dressed as the rabbi, you're like, you did it, uh-huh. you hit uh-huh. it, you, yep. you hit the peak. Yep. <laughs> he's yeah. got he's yeah. got yeah. as far as he can go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've heightened it with right. each beat as far as you could take and they and never, yeah, yeah. never discuss it no one mentions it at all no one bats an eye yeah. like, oh, that's, that's our serpico, serpico. <laughs> classic serpico dressing like a rabbi sometimes he dresses like a pirate sometimes he dresses like uh the character from who are you afraid of the dark the guy the fortune sardo the fortune teller I think oh is- he's like wearing like polka dot shirts yeah. with like striped blanket like vests yeah, hiding I mean, in plain sight baby yeah. <laughs> well how is he supposed to do real police work if he can't dress <laughs> dress appropriately for the streets <laughs> he does like get the gamut like i think something i do like about uh his perform like he truly is this i think this is like the movie out of all the pacino films we cover this is the one where he is most front and center uh, I think there is maybe like two scenes tops where he's not like in like the I think like, he might be in every scene. I think movie, he's in like, almost every scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, nearly. And uh, um, and he truly gets to like I think this is kind of like the performance in his career where he gets to literally like he's happy. He's sad. Like he gets that one moment to scream. He has a moment to be angry. Like he, he sort of gets to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think shows range to go back yeah. to kind of what we talk about scarecrow. It's like, it, this is very clear to me. Like, okay. So before that, this was that scarecrow may have been the last performance when he was like the character theatery guy. Mm-hmm. Second, he's playing yeah. Serpico. He's a movie star. He's the t- above the title. Al Pacino is Serpico in a movie yeah. where Al Pacino is in every single one hundred, all one hundred thirty minutes yeah. of this movie. Yeah, and yeah, and you're right, Patrick. He does get to do absolutely everything, including a little bit of Pacino dancing. Oh yeah, we can't forget that. He's terrific. You know, we love to see Al dance, mm-hmm. and uh, we at the <laughs> Paco. Everyone loves you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that was strange. Uh, man, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool. Like that would get cut from oh, yeah. a modern movie. Be gone. And it, but it adds so much. It's like, oh, he's like a fun guy. Like yeah. he's pretty good at parties. He does not want anyone to know he's a cop. He's yeah. already got that part down. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, he's. It's like I like that those scenes and like you know and, and well, i, I like... was left for that whole party being like is any of this true are you just <laughs> like is all of it just like you're just bullshitting and like just keeping people on the hook yeah like scooby-doo like yeah he, he did he is like he is like someone who will just straight like straight like do he he loves bits like his character oh, loves sure. he's a bit he's a bitman yeah well <laughs> i think the other the, i think the important thing about that party scene though is like and i really i, I think we talked a little bit about it before was just the entire like, how come everyone here 
says they do one thing, but are actually doing another thing. Uh, yeah, you know, so, it kind of uh... like sums up the entire Serpico ethos of like, why don't you just do what you want to do and do it right and yeah. do it with honor and skill yeah. and precision yeah. like I do? Because I am—I mean, that's like my one thing about this movie is that this movie is never questions the greatness and moral character and moral spine that is Frank Serpico. Like it is everyone around him, even his girlfriends and his friends, the supposed allies, they are weak. Serpico, Serpico is strong, but okay. At the same time, who cares? It's, it's really entertaining. He's a great character right, right. because of it. You know, he's yeah. a hero. He's a hero character because of this, that he is well, so think, inflexible. And I yeah. think, well, I think part of it, like what helps too is like, I think like the movie does a good job of showing that like, even though he's like, you know, infallible in that one regard, like he is like ruining his life in the process of oh, doing yeah. this. Oh, yeah. oh, and like, sure. it is like this, yeah, it is. And I think the movie, like there's moments where like, I think even you as the audience member are supposed to realize like, yeah, take, like- Take the money, Frank. Take yeah. Take, 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 it. take yeah, the money. Just take or just like, money. yeah, or, or, or go with your like nurse to somewhere else or something. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like you don't be have in to- a cop. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, quit being a cop because he would be like a great like uh head like store owner. Defender. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we went two different directions there, but it would work either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just go back to the cobbler. He probably like could be in a band. We already yeah. talked to him. You know, sure. He fits. You know, he fit right in with yeah. any of the bands is, of the yeah. era. It is just like yeah. I would love. I want if any listeners are good at Photoshop. I want to see a um an animorphs like book cover but it's just al pacino's various looks and like it starts off with al pacino without the beard and then you have al pacino with the mustache then al pacino with the goatee and then it ends with al pacino looking like the rabbi like he I didn't want- <laughs> not, not not enough mustachioed pacino scenes he looks great oh, in that yeah. stash he should have uh, he looks cool it's yeah. like not many people can pull it off but he was doing it yeah. he looked great what does his boss say? I wish I had the guts. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, what a compliment on a mustache. Yeah, like, I wish I had the guts. <laughs> I wish I had the Don, Don, Donnie Brasco would have loved that guy oh. as a boss. Because, yeah. you know, we all know both the FBI and the mob and Donnie Brasco wanted him to nix that damn mustache. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, speaking of movie crossovers, though, I was reminded while watching this of Lowell Bergman of 60 minutes in the insider as another morally upright character who the filmmakers love dearly, who can do absolutely no wrong and standing up for what is right in the films. Like another Pacino um, kind of one of, one of his more like heroic characters. Yeah. I'd say he's like, yeah. And there's like, no, yeah, he is like, he doesn't get like a, there's no like weird undertones with that character, like Vincent Hanna, where like uh, yeah. Alpatino's like, yeah, my character was on cocaine the whole time. He was <laughs> yeah. a cocaine boy. <laughs> yeah, but Vincent Hanna is definitely more flawed than Lowell Bergman. I mean, like both yeah. Lowell Bergman and Serpico, it's like when they go to their job interview, what can I improve on? I care too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How is that a weakness? Well, I've destroyed my life. Yeah. <laughs> I can't feel love anymore. Here's a here's a list of all of my blonde ex-girlfriends. Right. Give them yeah, a call. Right. They'll tell you all about yeah. it. Oh, wait. That's, sorry. That's a list of my pets. Uh, I'm going to take the bag. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. I keep those two lists on, on hand. Both, both laminated. 
I put them on the fridge. I got girlfriends. I got pets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sneakers you're dating someone named sneakers i, <laughs> I guess fluffy sure fluffy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I you know i think though like it does make sense though because like the if you kind of like put yourself in serpico's shoes like the and not the obviously we we know what his shoes do look like as well right. um but um the way he like snaps at his like kind of friends mm-hmm. or at least somewhat allies oh, yeah, or like Tony or his, Roberts, like yeah. Tony Roberts yeah, in particular, yeah, right. but, or his girlfriends is like, he does like, at, like I, I, it can come off a little bit like on the surface, like, Oh, he's being kind of a jerk, but it's like, no, he's like losing it. He's cracking. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's awesome. And I, the movie is not never like it never um, is over the top. And showing that there's never a scene like where he's like, I'm losing my, you know, like tearing out his right, hair. Right, here, yeah, so, like, yeah you he know. never like screams, Oh, I hate being a cop. Like, you know, yeah, like, well, yeah, like yeah. there isn't like a just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in kind right, of moment yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. The, because I, I think it's one of the, I mean, this might be hyperbole. I mean, it's one of the finest, I like the insider actually, too, uh, one of the finest docudramas ever made, I'd yeah. say, of just kind of grounded fact like going through kind of what went down mm-hmm. for this right. guy and this character right. and it's very i mean sinila is so good at just kind of that grounded storytelling letting his actors really you know providing them in a, with a great environment to clearly to feel comfortable and vulnerable and get out there and get into it never being too obtrusive with his camera work but always picking the right shots sure like it's just it's a it's a, it's a really I, I, I was very, I mean, I, it's been a favorite of mine since college, but it's, mm. I, I was impressed. Yeah. I, I'm not a filmmaker. I don't quite understand cinematography. I just respond to cool things sometimes, but I, that the scene when they're meeting the, the like gathering of the pad, the, where he's basically just like, where they finally kind of all confront him and, and oh, when they're like the cops are lounging in the park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like when they finally kind of get to the confrontation point, all of the shots are like so uncomfortably close on all of these actors who, you know, would never be cast in a film today because <laughs> they look like real human beings and not like beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's, it, it is just, it was so, uh, it was like, it takes a lot for me to notice those things because I'm not looking for them or like, mm-hmm. I don't have the, the language to describe them, but it just like, Oh man, that just like twisted me inside. It just like, it felt like there was just so much tension just in the way that they framed up those, those shots, you know, it's mm-hmm. like every, it felt like everybody was shot from below and too close. Yeah. I think Lamette too understands kind of um, how to utilize Pacino's physical stature. Yeah. In the best possible way, because we all know Pacino's got he's a he's a short king, you know, he's but in like this, because he's he's like those guys all kind of like and he's got him in the hat and his outfit makes him like a little scrunched down. And so all those guys are like these like lanky, lanky, like Long Island assholes, (laughs) like staring him down. Just like a like a gaggle of John Gabris's uncles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I am, yeah, but I like, I mean, you like the the wide shot when he's walking up, and they're just like weirdly like 
these middle-aged guys like lounging in the park and stuff like that and they all like have to get up to like face him down but i love the part at the gun range with uh who's the actor who he's with in that i really like that actor a lot the um he's great who doesn't want he doesn't he i think he like he he does a really good job of like wanting to protect himself and his interests but also kind of like liking serpico up until the very last minute until he finally like Yo, fuck you, Frank. You go at the end of it when he's just right. like, listen to us, man. This is not good. Just and it's not like just play a little, play along a little bit with us. Yeah. We 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 all think you're like at worst you're a weirdo. At best you're a good cop. You right. know? Right. <laughs> but have a little it's, slack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked his like, yeah, the guy's like. It wasn't threatening. It was just like, cut me some slack, man. We're partners. Right. Like, I thought it was such a cool, like, a good angle to take because they could have had all the cops, and most of them were like scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Kind of exactly what you think of yeah, about these like, like suburban scary. cops working in the city being monsters yeah. and, and right. shaking, oh, yeah. shaking down scary, everyone. Scary or like just profoundly incompetent, like the fucking scene with like the shootout. Like, Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Well, but the part. Enough... With... No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention the principal from Back to the Future, who I love, um, James Tolkien, playing the cop who thinks Serpico's gay, and right, Jenny's right. freaking out about that. Oh, what, a, so a, a, a total one scene wonder for that, that guy. So <laughs> wild, and it was just like, where is this going? And then, no, we're not going to touch it on that. It's just yeah. to establish that he's just like kind of weird, and everybody mm-hmm. thinks he's weird. But yeah, they don't God. know what to do with him. But like so many, like um, you know, F. Murray Abraham shows up as his partner toward the oh, end of it. Oh, oh my right. God, is that the dude who like lets who, like, who, get shot? Yeah. Yeah, oh my, yeah. I did not realize that. He's young. He's he's younger. He yeah. is super young. Wow. And then another um another one of the freaking greats, MM at Walsh, shows up briefly for a one scene yeah. as as you know, another asshole bureaucrat. I mean, yeah. it's it's and I I'm a Tony Roberts fan, so I liked him as well as um you know, doing kind of what he does best to kind of this kind of smarmy. Yeah. Metro- metropolitan yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I cannot I cannot believe that F. Murray, I'm just looking at a picture of him and it's like, yeah, that's 100% uh, toe to tip. That's an F. Murray Abraham. I did not realize that was <laughs> yeah. uh, watching watching that, uh, watching in the moment. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it yeah. Is, the movie does do a good job too, I think. I think about, there are enough like moments where you just, you kind of understand where a lot of these cops are coming from, where it's just like, they, they establish the environment so well. And, and there's, I forget the, the actor who's, but where he's in the, in the car and he shows him the picture of his daughter. And he's just like, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was presented. I thought like performed in a way and, and written in a way that like you, you get how a good person can get into this and also kind of excuse it for themselves and understand mm-hmm. that like the the explanation of like it's gambling money they're gentlemen you know we're taking and then he follows it right up with you know as long as they're not the the black guys and the brown guys like we've got a you know we've got yeah. them up, but like, <laughs> yeah. everybody else is good but you do like i think that they do a decent enough job of establishing like it's not all just like you know a hundred percent like sadistic assholes who are running you know every single cop top yeah. to bottom it's like there are some 
pretty decent people who are just kind of like going along mm -hmm. and getting out out of it, out of it what they can and obviously are are doing wrong yeah but it yeah. to me it like highlights how kind of his his like rigidity and inflexibility to just do the right thing you know in conversation with those dudes too you know it, i think it would be easy to just be like they're all assholes he's a good guy end of story yeah yeah and then you could see how like even the guy at the gun range is like <laughs> he's sanctimonious asshole like yeah. get off your pulpit man like yeah, because like, you know they make it clear like they're not paid well enough right and all you know and yeah i agree like they give you kind of all levels like the traditional creepo monster cop yeah. or or the you know family man trying to get by and everyone right. every literally everyone in between and really what it is is more kind of the fact that everyone is corrupt yeah. is the is the bigger issue like right. i mean your heart drops like his when he gets transferred and they're like well find out that manhattan is um far worse right. <laughs> you know you're right. just like oh no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh by the way the cop at the gun range i think the one you were thinking of the actor you were thinking of was jack uh Keho or Keho. oh Keho. yeah yeah well big big ups to him man i like him he was yeah. good yeah. uh and good. and uh yeah, and even like the the cop with like the little like uh, the one who initially seems like is gonna be his like beacon of like honesty amongst all the uh, the corrupt cops, Mister oh, Mister Bowtie, like the part the where god the god the guy who's hiding behind the Lord and the Bible. Yeah, who's oh, like we have yeah captain, oh my god yeah. where he's like we clean our own laundry here like that whole yeah. scene is just soul crushing. Uh, and the fellow behind you. In your photo, Patrick, the lobster man. Oh, I love, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a different oh, guy. God. That's a different guy. That's, yeah, that's, no, but another, yeah, another, oh, another bureaucrat, right. Mr. Pergo, meets yeah. along the way. Oh, uh, man, eating the most, like, 70s meal. Like, it's, it's like he's dipping his lobster in ranch. It's, he, it's yeah. bonkers. He, he's on a, he's on a <laughs> diet, yeah. man. That was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a salad. This I only a... smoked uh, half a pack of cigarettes right. today. <laughs> <laughs> But Just if you did that, uh, butter, please watch yeah. out for Jeffrey Wygand because he might be whistleblowing if you're smoking <laughs> those cigarettes. Oh man, <laughs> coming soon, the insider. Um, uh. but yeah, I think, yeah, this this is a and Al, I mean, you know, just to get to back to what Pacino does, you're right, it's like this is kind of Pacino 101, this kind of performance. I think he's just hitting, he's just he's really. I mean, it's movie star stuff, but it's also like serious, trained, skilled acting. Oh, yeah. On top of that, you know, he's I mean, we we talk about it every week, but he's just like he's so watchable. Like, he's yeah. just like so easy to like spend two hours with and be like, that was great. What a time. Yeah. It's just that energy that he brings. Yeah. Every time out. But in particular, I mean, he's he's really bringing it in this one. Yeah, there's there's like a I think you you talked about in in Scarecrow where he's like just so loose and I feel like there is just like at at his essence especially at this age like he was just such a relaxed easygoing presence on camera and there's just no tension in like anything that he's doing obviously when he gets to like the kind of crazier stuff that's where it comes up but it's it just feels like yeah it's so watchable and so just like you know it just lets you in like it's yeah. just it's it's you know. I yeah. could legit okay. like I could legit watch a version of this movie where like Al Pacino's a fucking milkman 
and it's just like him like yeah. going from like neighborhood to neighborhood dropping off milk and having he's just like coffee. saying how's your grades you keep up with that history class yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean like he's like tries to balance the thing of milk on his head and like yeah just all the goofs he has like a parakeet for some reason oh man and yeah Anderson's i'd want haven't paid in two weeks and that's the biggest conflict <laughs> yeah. in the movie <laughs> I don't know what to say. He's really struggling. It did bring up. You did, Randy. Brought a great point though. It's like every time he does blow his lid, yeah. In this, it's very justified, and that oh, makes sure. it even more dramatic. Yeah. I mean, both scenes, my the parts of the police station where he brings in the guy, and they're like, "No, he's a friend," and then they it leads to him revealing he killed a cop. That's why he was in jail but Pacino like throws the chair he tears the guy's pants off trying to get his uh, oh wallet and Pacino's uh. just like flying he's like a whirling dervish through yeah. the entire thing and you're just oh and all those guys they're looking at him they're like freak, totally scared and freaked out like, what is he gonna do I'm <laughs> dying to see like what was blocked in the original <laughs> like what was how much of that was just yeah. he's just going yeah. they're gonna be, well, he like, throws the chair like the guys rolling. are like he hits yeah, that's the not, dude yeah, with the you chair. Know that, that was you know that that was him yeah yeah and then the part where the guy gets in his face and he like like tackles him from the legs and gets him down, puts his knee on his neck, and then yeah. like pulls the gun on the rest of the yeah. cops. You're just like, oh man! Yeah. Like this is like, <laughs> like the the way the movie es- like quietly escalates to that moment where you're just like, holy shit! Yeah. Like this is and like oh, I mean that great tracking shot where he's walking down the hall in the new station and they're all staring him down uh-huh. as he's walking through and they know yeah. he talked to the grand jury and you're just like. Ooh, Serpico. And we know he gets shot. We yeah. already know you've been shot. Like, right, right. Uh, which is a great, great screenwriting move is obviously, you know, put the head at the top. So it's like, okay, we can hang out, watch him in the neighborhood picking up his shoes because like at some point he's going to get shot in the face. Yeah. So how is that going to happen? <laughs> it's a great, it's, it keeps you very, in, very engaged. Yeah. Even the scene when, when um, his last girlfriend leaves him the note and he goes and meets her in the cafe um and has the line is something she says something about like you know i I brought you here because you you can't shout here and he's the line is just like i can shout anywhere and you know it's like you just like just that little bit it's like still pretty contained and still but just enough that like everyone in the restaurant stops it's it's feels a hundred percent real it's not over the top and it's just like it's just enough to just like really kind of like uh, i don't know like i just i that kind of stuff for me as an actor i think is is very difficult to do because your impulse is to just like lose it and mm-hmm. you know and he doesn't have to do that much he raises his voice like probably 50 percent, and you know and it's plenty yeah like he's, yeah. he's he's earned it by that point yeah yeah it's like he is so in control that he is loose and that yeah. becomes real. Yeah. But it's probably hard. It's probably something you can only do when you're like, you know, 27 or something right. like that. And yeah. like, that's all you do is like you yeah. sleep on the floor and then you act. You right. Know? It's right. Like, yeah. You know, I don't like to get to that place. That's obviously very few have gotten to that level. You know, he's an all timer, but it's just, yeah. it's pretty impressive nonetheless. Yeah. Um, should probably move, start, begin moving into our final call yeah. here mm-hmm. uh boy two good movies though i'm gonna i'm gonna miss whoever 
walks away. Like certainly, certainly the difference, Patrick, as we've mentioned before, there is no iron ladies yeah. this season. Even Sophie's choice. It's like, Oh shit, two and a half hours of Sophie's Choice again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, not, not a great, it's not I mean, a bad movie, but not a movie I want to see every week. Every, every, over, yeah. Everybody's good in this, man. But I mean, like, yeah. oh, here comes Stingo again. There's <laughs> our boy, there's Stingo. Stingo returns. Oh, there's Kevin oh, Klein. This uh, isn't going to be good. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, Donnie Brasco? Great. Yeah. I'm in. Let's yeah. do it again. <laughs> watch like i burn coco bean all day yeah, <laughs> uh okay i'm gonna uh, john sales we gotta Arkansas do our john Cazales. yeah what? a lot of contenders this week patrick hit us with your john Cazale supporting player of the week i'm award. gonna do uh, uh a, a an actor like one of the uh uh long island uncles we haven't uh, talked about yet uh the good uncle the token good uncle edward grover is inspector lombardo oh yes uh, oh. i really liked him this time around something about him like uh him seeming like one of the few people on the force that wasn't like a, a total evil uh bastard uh and selling that like he seemed like he had his humanity he hadn't yeah. been totally ruined by uh the sludge around him and then like uh just like him being game to do all of the crazy stunts al pacino was doing yeah being like very much a dad bod uh, I say that with all the kindness, but uh-huh. like, uh, like, like, yeah, leaping that roof was not easy yeah. for him. I was like, there's like a definitely a version of that movie where he does not make that jump. Like, <laughs> they, <laughs> where he's, just like, he's like, oh no. Though so they got Serpico for involuntary manslaughter by daring his partner to jump the roof. <laughs> scarecrow grim oh, that would be God. especially because like we know we know that that guy has three daughters right so, so right. Like, they were all supposed to go to jail i'm going to jail <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> who's gonna we're feed gonna my the mouse? prison system from the inside yeah, yeah. he's gonna become the uh bird man of uh sing singer exactly. or, or attica yeah. <laughs> attica of course of he's gotta go to attica <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Naturally, he's going to Attica. Um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Penelope Allen. I praised her for, I think, her one scene in Scarecrow. is really dynamic and really stunning and really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. And she brings, I mean, again, like that, those actors of that time period. I mean, it's just kind of like you come in as a heavy hitter who feels very, very real. Like to the point where we haven't recognized her in three movies, and we're only putting it together now that oh, this is the same person, and they're great yeah. all the way through. And you know, she hits it home the way they cut to the little kid. Just oh, um, man. and I noticed this time around, it's a split second the kid is going to answer the phone, and she slips in and picks up the phone. If the kid had answered the phone, the entire thing changes. Like yeah. wow! Like what a cool yeah. move. That's yeah. great. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, and uh, god damn, they found the most Al Pacino looking kid. Oh in yeah, the world. <laughs> yeah, they did. Jesus, yeah, the time machine grabbed Al, uh, young Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, terrific actor, underrated actor. Um, yeah. Uh, I yeah, great stuff. Um, Randy, who do you got? 
I my inclination is to nominate Judd Hirsch for the uncredited pop in Serpico, <laughs> yeah. just like in the hospital, just standing there, just like about to be famous, no mm. idea. But yeah. uh Taxis I, just days yeah, away. Exactly. <laughs> but I think I gotta go with Eileen Brennan, who mm. I just absolutely love. I mean, I really only know her from Clue and this, but like she just uh she's just so fucking good and like if nothing else to like be pretend to be sexually attracted to gene hackman as that character on screen <laughs> oh god it is a, it is one of the sloppiest meat cutes in cinematic history yeah it's just like the hard cut to that bedroom is just yeah. wild <laughs> pacino's dragging a, the, the dummy in. Yeah, yeah for a long time for too long <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah she's great i mean obviously um she, you know she's in uh last picture show yeah. as well yeah. very very yeah. good in that but yeah, yeah she's uh she was very good i think she i think she passed away somewhat young i think but yeah. um yeah. but yeah great and i mean I've, yeah i think you're absolutely right like a a pure kazale winner one scene shows up does yep. <laughs> does the work mm -hmm. super memorable and yeah. walk in you're out of here yeah. very much you know john kazale would be proud but um here moment of truth the uh portrait no, this is not the portrait. This is the another side of Al region. Yes. Who is coming out of another side of Al to make the final four oh, of man. this tournament? It will it be the understated, strange, yet kind of brain brainworm of a movie, Scarecrow, or is it gonna be kind of the kind of peak, peak young Al of Frank Serpico? Patrick, lead us off, lead us off. Uh, you know, uh, it's so funny. Like, uh, I watched Scarecrow first, and Scarecrow, uh, for whatever reason, vibed with me more than it did the last time. Maybe it's because there is like this. Like, another thing I thought about too is I see myself. I don't see myself as an Al Pacino or Gene Hackman like character. I don't see myself as like a Scarecrow esque figure. But you are wearing is, you are wearing thirteen shirts right now, though. That is, that is oh, true. I, mean, I, I, I am very messily eating some KFC right now. <laughs> I have just like some skin's been like hanging off my beard this whole time. I've had the conversation. You guys have been very polite. Thank you. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it'll 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 work itself out. But uh, uh, <laughs> that chicken will eat itself. Uh, but uh, um, my know, dad I, would say you were saving it for later. Yep. Mm, solid. That's nest here. Yeah. You're gonna have to use that one on Hadley. Yeah, well, I probably will. Oh yeah, you're gonna yeah. have to like, yeah, when you uh, grow a beard. I don't know, yeah. uh, but uh, but uh, uh, if I'm ever mature enough to be able to. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm only uh, almost 39 years old, but I'll get a beard at some point. I'm sure it'll happen. This it'll happen. For me. It'll happen for me. I'll be looking like Father John Misty any day now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I I don't like. Um, I think it's just like, yeah, like I'm like, uh, you know, I'm kind of a, a doof. And so I, I kind of see my, I was like, oh, I can see like Al Pacino's doofy character. I don't know. There was something about like his like doofy, but like also very like clearly something like clearly wounded. Like something about that character was like intriguing. And I had fun, like kind of like at least like for the first 50 minutes of the movie following their exploits as they kind of just like bumble around from bar to to bar to bedroom to bar uh but uh you know you had that one scene with scare uh with, i called him scarecrow almost uh with uh 
with Al Pacino's character just like dressed up in like a what was it like a bee like a like a hazmat suit like a bee yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, who knows where they got it right. but they got it yeah wild love yeah um love it yeah love it um but uh but like you know it has to be Serpico like Serpico's like I all this love I love Scarecrow but like Serpico's like it's like it, you see it and it's like it's it's I think it is. I'll say it right here. This is. I think this is his defend. I think this is like his definitive performance in the way that like Sophie's Choice is kind of Meryl Streep's. Def- I'm not saying you can win. Oh. It'll win. I'm not saying it'll win. But like, uh, I think it's just like it's one of the. I think it's like a big like. It, it kind of just like it's the. I think it's like, and I love like him in The Godfather. I love him in Dog Day Afternoon. But I think this is like the performance where like you see. It's like the, I think this is a great showcase movie for Elf. Like you see, mm-hmm. you you get to literally see every side of his character, like of his of his acting style. You get to see him sad. You get to see him goofy. You get to see him whimsical. You get to see him hardened. Like you get like you get the whole gamut. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Serpico. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, Patrick, you you said everything quite well there, but I think it's uh, you know we're talking here about kind of lead performance and Serpico is, you know, such a definitive leading performance at the absolute peak of his career. Uh, Scarecrow is a bit more of a two-hander just to begin with. I think uh, Gene Hackman gets a little bit more of the heavy lifting until maybe the final 20 minutes of the, of the film. Al's great in it. I like Scarecrow a lot, but I, you know, beat around the bush here, but I, I got to vote for Serpico. I mean, this, he's, I, I think you, you know, we said it the last time when we covered Serpico versus cruising, which the kind of um, sadist in me wanted to see cruising win before we watched any of the movies, just to see like what would happen. But uh, yeah. we were just like, no, Serpico was the sleep. It's kind of the sleeping giant. And it was, it, it just is rising. Yeah, in my hard. estimation it's it's really it's a great film and he's really really great in it so that's uh two for serpico randy yeah i gotta go with serpico too i also i was just thinking too when i watched scarecrow because i was i was less compelled by the movie but i was watching it for his performance like knowing that 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 was the goal for this and i i do i mean i think he's he's incredible i think he's he's super super good and interesting and doing stuff that like now that we know like the Al Pacino kind of caricature, it feels so off brand and so off type that it feels just like kind of wild to watch him do all this kind of like goofy, big physical stuff. But I think like, I think without knowing anything about the process or the director, like to me, it felt like an actor who was just kind of like let go. Like, you know, sometimes you see these movies and you just feel like, that actor just needed to be pulled back. He just needed someone there, a stronger hand to be like, hey, let's let's just dial this down a little bit in certain moments. And I think like I just feel, felt like overall that movie, that performance in that movie to me was like, I bet he really loved doing it. It seemed like, you know, like as an actor, like it would be a super like fun exercise to to play this kind of like wild kind of all over their roller coaster of a character. Um, but I, there was something about it to me that just felt like maybe a firmer hand on the performance. I would have maybe responded to more, mm-hmm. whereas with Serpico, it just feels like more of like, almost like a masterclass in like what you, like what I want as like 
a fan of acting of like w the performance that I want to see. I mean, it just felt like, like you said, it's everything felt earned. It felt like, you know, controlled in a not like tight way. You know, yeah. it's like, it felt like, like skillfully executed and small. Like, it's just like for such a crazy story that like all of this, like so the like every set piece is like so fucking wild. And, you know, and, and the whole movie are just waiting, like you said, for him to get shot in the face. Like, it is just like, it's, it is so contained, like as a, he just feels like a real dude for most of it. And also, if you listen to him speak, it's that's an insane accent. Yeah, the voice he's doing is. Like, yeah, I agree that he still comes off as like a real person sounding like that. I mean, it is like yeah. it does sound like a. have said this before, like young Al Pacino sometimes sounds like Frank Caliendo's Adam Sandler impression. Yeah. It's like yeah. very it's very weird, but right. he pulls it off. It like works right. for some reason. I don't know yeah. how. <laughs> and it somehow feels these days like he's like that he knows that that's what we're looking for. And so then he's going to give us the like, wow, like <laughs> it's just going to dry out those vowels and like, you know, yeah. that's going to like, he's like, give the, give, give him the classics. But it's yeah. like, was before yeah. he like, he was, he had established that as a thing. So it yeah. Just kinda, you know. yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of something that we had, or, uh, I guess Karina Wolf said about Meryl Streep and why she liked the performance in Kramer versus Kramer so much. It's like, Meryl hadn't developed any of her like go-to moves. The tools, yeah. Yeah, right. that like knew like, okay, this is this will get me on base. This is yeah. this is this will do what I need to do here. And same yeah. with Al, I think it's like he's he's still kind of out there. And yeah. another thing you brought up that's really, really uh spot on is just kind of like how both how Serpico can be both extremely sprawling with like hundred speaking parts, probably, but feels so intimate. Yeah all the way through it's it's really skillfully made top to bottom i mean we we might be looking at a sydney lamette versus sydney lamette final if mm. things happen with uh dog day and uh serpico both edited by dd allen both films both oh. films produced by martin bregman who was also al pacino's manager um so could be we could have some very similar uh, couple films and yeah head into the finals here but as it stands, Serpico, again, with a 3-0 victory, much like it had in its first matchup, um, you know, quietly taking care of business here in this tournament. Uh, final four, three out of the four have been set. Dog Day Afternoon, Donnie Brasco, and now Serpico joining them. Next week, we will find out who the final, final forest, final, final forest? Why not? Um, will it be as Scarface? or The Insider, two, two drastically different films. Um, but that was Scarface. That was not Scarface. That was Scarecrow. Scare, Scar, Scare, Scarecrow. Yeah. And Serpico. And boy, a lot of that single word S titles. Um, On to this week's game. Folks, <laughs> we're cured. The pandemic is over. So guess what's on this summer? The Olympics. They're coming in there. They're going to be in uh, Japan. <laughs> Do we have Olympic fever here on the Academy Academy? Absolutely. You know, we're going to be rooting for the good old US of A as they head into the Olympics. And guess what, folks? We have got some breaking sports news. Oh, no. On the Academy Academy here. <laughs> Just call me ESPN because... 
Al Pacino is going to the Olympics. Al Pacino is going to be representing the United States in a sport. But we don't know which sport yet. (laughs) (laughs) This week, the game is Al American Hero. What sport is Al Pacino going to be competing at in this summer's Olympics? (laughs) And guess what? Because Al Pacino, he's 81. He's a huge fucking star. He's got big, big sway with the International Olympic Committee. He can also make up a sport if he feels like it. So, Patrick, what is Al Pacino competing at this summer in the big games? Oh, man. So uh, I'm just assuming, like, you know, some sort of like Al Pacino's like chopping wood uh, at a cabin (laughs) in the middle of the forest and like, you know, his... His longtime military contact visits him and is like, hey, we need you to create a sport for the Olympics and perform in it. This is a this is the mission for some reason. I don't know why, like, you know, we're going to try to stop like an an Alan Rickman and Die Hard type character at the Olympics. We need you to to come on in there. And Al Pacino, like, you know, is like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, And you know what? He's got to like go undercover. He's got to like play a sport to go in on this mission. Oh like, yeah, like Van Dam playing hockey in Sudden Death. Exactly. This wow. is a total. Okay. Yeah. The total Van Dam. A Van Dam scenario. Total Van Dam. A classic Van Dam. A regular time cop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a regular JCVD. Uh, but uh, he. Uh, if he's if he's in like an undercover scenario, I'd say he'd uh, perform like in the fencing. I could see mm. him being a really fun fencer, and he would they would use yeah. like and they would do like some crazy version of like it'd be a combination of like uh, the the technology in like Spider Man the Spider Man movie the most recent Spider Man movie where they like had like these um they had these like little nano uh like little drones flying around that would like create like illusions like really realistic 3d illusions and they would use that to do like um irishman like irl irishmaning on al pacino to make him look like you know 30 or something to make it look like it makes uh-huh. sense that he would be mm-hmm. performing even though it'd still have the irishman problem of like he'd be a 30 year old man with the gait of an 87 year old yeah I mean, the fencing <laughs> will be tough but yeah. yeah but he could probably pull it off if you were gonna make up a sport i think um uh slam dunk a chino <laughs> Uh, and it would be whoever can like do the whole Dunkachino performance uh, <laughs> the quickest. That would be the. Oh you'd wow! To, and you'd have to do like the you'd you had you'd have it. It'd be a team sport too, where Al Pacino would come in because you'd have to have a guy dressed up in the uh, Dunkachino outfit. You'd have to have uh-huh. a guy like, and then and everyone would have to perform in the same uh, back lot or whatever, like the same like fake Dunkin' Donuts uh, set. <laughs> You know, and so you'd have like the Russians performing it. You'd have like the, you know, the Serbians, the South Africans, everyone would do there and whoever could just do that whole song and they can do it in their own language. That's like a rule to like, you know, I, the, yeah, it's you, only fair. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. 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 Korean yeah. Dunkachino, uh, Mongolian Dunkachino, everyone can do it and whoever can like, but it has to rhyme in their language. So they have to like edit it in a way where it rhymes. So that and that's yeah. part of it. You have to have a rhyme guy. On mm-hmm. your team, that's like. Well, I mean, it's like you know, it's like a bobsled team. You got four people; they all have a certain role, and yeah. you know, the rhyme guy is key. I mean, yeah. not everyone is a rhyme guy. Yeah, so no. you have to have a rhyme guy, a Pacino, 
a uh, a guy dressed up like Al Pacino, uh, of course. Yeah, like Al Pacino, <laughs> a guy dressed up in the Dunkin' Donut costume who does like hip hop moves a little bit, and then like a, a guy who like you know uh, starts the whole thing. The guy who's in the back of the counter dressed up as a Dunkin' oh, Donut. Oh, but that's like a key thing. It's like, how can I help you? Or you know, like they you you're 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 at the starting line. You know, yes. you're, it's like a relay race, yes. like track and field relay race. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I got a I got a little bit of a pitch on your fencing idea, though, because I want to see him wear the fencing mask. Oh, yes. the entire Olympics. <laughs> and then when he did, he, he takes out the podium and he goes, don't mind if I do. And he pulls off the mask and he goes, forget about it. This terrorist operation's over. <laughs> just, yeah. The whole time he's just been infiltrating the IOC. Yeah. Bob Costas's head explodes because it's so exciting. <laughs> this is too entertaining. Yeah, the Olympics. It was the Olympics. Like we can't do any more Olympics. It's yeah. never going to be greater than yeah. that. Like yeah, he scanners to Bob Costas. Yeah, yeah. That only <laughs> happened once in '98. Jeez. That was well, the Winter Olympics. No one cared. I think we the ratings are going to go up on the NBC network with if if events like that are happening. But Randy, yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what Al Pacino I, will be up to when he's in Tokyo at the Olympics? Yeah, I, if, I, if I have to put him on one of my real teams, I'm putting him on my rowing team, and I'll tell you why. It's I know nothing about rowing, but I imagine that there's one person who's assigned to the boat who doesn't do any rowing, but just keeps cadence and yells at everyone to, to stroke, cool. like in a Viking ship, mm -hmm. basically the one, you know, you have the guy who's drumming so that everyone knows like the rhythm. Then you have the other guy who's just like, row you maggots, like, and just keeps everybody on task. He's my guy for that because I think his stature is such that he's not overweighting the boat. He's like a relatively like short, you know, like compact guy. And I think like he's also got obviously the gravitas to keep everyone motivated and and moving. And I think also like obviously the voice is iconic. Mm -hmm. And like, how could you not work for somebody who's just like behind you going like, and now you row. <laughs> I that's my best, <laughs> the best one I got. That's good. <laughs> we've, hey, we've heard worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. It usually comes from me. Also, I will say, uh, now that you've said the rowing, uh, and we know that like Army Hammer, he's had some trouble recently. You know, they might be kind of get rid of him from move. You know, they might be thinking about doing, you know, Christopher. Okay. Are you saying a comeback story where Army <laughs> Hammer is rowing? No, what I'm saying is you go back in time to the social network. You take uh, out, you digitally edit oh, out Army Hammer. You put, right. in, now. you put in now Al Pacino. But don't de-age him at all. Don't no, de-age him in the slightest. Yeah, I, An I, Army, yeah. Army Hammer's 22-year-old, like, Six foot two in shape body with 81 year old Alpacino's face. Yes, I want a crinkly, I want a crinkly Winkle Boss twin. Ooh, boy, I, if you thought movie magic was made when Christopher Plummer replaced Kevin uh, Spacey, just wait. <laughs> just wait. wait. <laughs> One of our 17 listeners is David Fincher, and he's got a good idea. He's going back in the edit, baby. Yeah. Well, if it isn't Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> that I'm wasn't kinda... bad. Yeah. There we go. Not bad. But I no, I think uh, realistically, I mean, yeah, you put him on a boat, have yes. him scream. I think he's inspiring the United oh, yeah. States Olympic team all the way to gold. 
Definitely. Yeah. He brings the, yeah. he brings the gold home. Absolutely. Um, so we all know one of our favorite videos, uh, Sly Stallone, Al Pacino, Guy Fieri. Oh yeah. The meeting, the of, the meeting of the meeting of the Kings. We know that Al Pacino and Sly Stallone are close. Yeah. Here's the deal. Sly Stallone, because we know he kind of thinks of himself as Rocky. Yeah. As a real, as a real boxer. <laughs> he is like, yeah, he, and he is all him, Rocky and Rambo. He thinks so. Just- guys, mm-hmm. I think I could make the Olympic team. So he goes down for boxing. Uh, He's so he goes, but he has to do a few exhibition matches. Yeah. He runs into a real life roided out Russian fighter. And guys, I got terrible news. Oh, Sliced no. alone was killed oh, by this monster. No. It's like Bob Costas. Yeah, no. <laughs> and who is Sly Stallone's best friend? The only guy who could avenge Sly Stallone. Uh, he, Al Pacino needs to uh, start training for Olympic boxing. We're talking he's running around in yeah. Siberia. Right. It, every aspect of the training montages in Rocky Four, <laughs> Al Pacino's doing all of yes. those. Just Michael B. Jordan waking him up at four in the morning. <laughs> hey, what if what if uh, Al Pacino dad and Rocky got to fight? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Guy, Guy Fieri's like the Burt Young part. He gets a robot yeah. butler. He gets the robot. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Guy Fieri is along for the ride as a sidekick, friend. <laughs> and occasionally, like, Al will be like, we go, hey, we got to train, Guy. And Guy's like, but try some of these extreme fajitas. Right. And I was like, I can't eat these. I got to be in fighting <laughs> shit. And 14 pounds <laughs> in one meal. <laughs> But obviously, because this is a Rocky story, Al makes it to the gold medal fight. But guess who? He's got to fight that big ass voided out Russian. But guess who wins the big one for America? Al Pacino. And when he gets up on that podium, he takes off his mask. And it's been Michael B. Mask. Jordan this whole time. He's Michael B. Oh no! I know. I actually got a fit young guy. <laughs> so great. And Al Pacino's just watching in the stands. Dolph Lundgren. They cut to Dolph Lundgren. And Dolph yep. Lundgren stand next to him, like, who got me again? <laughs> uh, uh, so I think uh, at the very... fighting for Russia again, <laughs> Dolph. Yeah. God damn it! I'm. Yeah, hey, he's worldly. He's awesome, man. Oh, never mind. We don't need to get into. Whoa, the- let's get into it. He's so cool. Yeah. He's, a he's like an engineer. Yeah, he's like a Rhodes Scholar. He speaks yeah. all these languages. No. He's beautiful. No, like, bring he's me like- back for the Dolph Lundgren season. Yeah. Oh man, don't tempt <laughs> us. We could. Yeah, don't tempt us. We could. He's, he's um he's genuinely good in Creed too. By yeah. the way, oh like, he he's, for sure is. Yeah, he sure he's, is. yeah, he's he's probably the best part. Of Creed Two, yeah. that and when Michael B. Jordan is doing the neck exercises yeah, 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 in the yeah, montage yeah. with the yeah, chain yeah, hanging yeah, off of his head, sure. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that's pretty Mont- badass. Facebook ads, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like, can't wait. You, I want to try. I don't work out my neck enough. <laughs> like, oh man, I can't wait for sure. Creed uh, for the Creed franchise to get as like um, wild as the Rocky franchise did. Where like I want to see whatever like whatever the Creed equivalent to the robot butler. Well, yeah. Michael B. Michael B. Jordan is directing Creed Three, is which it? is a yeah, which is a oh, which I is an incredibly Stallone move. 
so we might not be as far off from our dreams of oh. the creed series getting weird and oh, funky God. <laughs> as, uh, man, as I can't to train like my tie in thailand like, <laughs> yeah like yes. well it'll be like you know he has to fight i don't know like roman reigns or something like that <laughs> 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 he, he, he has to fight uh he has to fight uh god who is that really annoying guy who got the crap beat out of him by uh mayweather uh, oh uh, the the paul, youtube guy the yeah, yeah like just him just like beating the shit out of the paul brothers the, or whatever for, for first time i've ever rooted for floyd mayweather <laughs> yeah takes a, takes a lot it's a lot but if you want to see him beat the shit uh, out of an influencer then yeah let's see yeah, that right. yeah. I'm, I'm down to see that oh, well man. that was a uh, one of, that was a fun one that was a fun was game great. uh thank you so much randy for thank uh you. joining us on this episode is there anything you'd like to plug on your way out uh you know you could you guys could check out the rubyla.com we're doing uh classes now still online in person in the future and um you know we got some writing stuff up now and i'm going to teach an acting class coming up pretty soon Awesome. Yeah. And I will super, say super like, fun. everyone at the Ruby, like all the staff, all the fact, they're all like the nicest people. And like, yeah, I don't know, they're like one of the few, like, uh, it's like one of the few uh, theaters in LA where like you get a, a sense that like the people running it are like good, like genuinely good people. It's very nice. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I love the Ruby a lot. They're great. That's a oh, great, thanks. great group of folks. Thank you. I'm super offended because I, Patrick, I don't know. My last name is Don Groundlings. And, oh you know, no! <laughs> I come from that. Come from the Groundlings. <laughs> oh, I'm a part no. of the Groundlings syndicate. We love you. You've done really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love. You're, I love you're, you're I love, never making Sunday Company. <laughs> no, I love Flow and Progressive. Please. <laughs> oh well, thank you, thank you so much, Randy Thompson, for joining us this week. This was thank an you. absolute blast of an episode. Uh, Patrick, on the way out, is there anyone or anything you'd like to thank? Oh man, I'd love to thank uh, the uh, Serpico's Menagerie, all his wonderful little pets from his little mouse to his big old dog. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to thank, uh, <laughs> love to thank Realistic Shrek. Uh, just like, what if Shrek was a real man? Uh, <laughs> grim, dark. Uh, Played by celebrated actor Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah, Gene, Gene Hackman is Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> in a way you've never seen him before. <laughs> dramatic, a dramatic reimagination of Shrek. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Shrek is now a, a middle-aged man in <laughs> rural California trying to make his way across America. All Shrek wants is a car wash in Pittsburgh. <laughs> There's nothing magical about... <laughs> In fact, it's like the opposite uh, of magic. It's just kind of bleak and sad. Yeah. Um, I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, all of John Gabrus's uncles who performed mm -hmm. in Superco as well. I want to thank uh, Sal Gabrus, Sal Gabrus, <laughs> David Gabrus, Eddie, <laughs> Big Big Pasta Gabrus. <laughs> he's, he's, he was my favorite. Pasta, uh, and then uh, I want to thank uh, I want to thank uh, just uh, getting KFC all over your beard. Uh, yeah. I want to thank just the the act of sloppily eating KFC. And you know what, KFC, uh, the company, it's past your dead time. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. I gotta thank not too much, but not too little, just the right amount of Rosemary's Baby. 
I gotta, I gotta thank all my celebrity siblings out there. <laughs> um, I gotta thank uh, pet store lawyer Frank Serpico. Yeah. <laughs> the um, just a big shout out to the concept of layers. What up, layers? Thanks for. Uh, I gotta, I gotta thank all my classic Van Dam scenarios out there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh to each and every one of my 13 sheepdogs that are ruining my apartment right now go to bed go to it's bed. past bed. your bedtime okay folks we'll see you next week scarface the insider scarface i believe is on netflix if not it's available to rent everywhere and you can insider is available to rent it i don't believe it's currently streaming on any of the services but you can rent it with ease as well so check out the movies get ready we're gonna get that final four wrapped up as we head toward the finish line can you believe it of the al pacino season so thank you all i'm gonna buy some shoes (laughs) 